Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah. Joined by the chairman, the big fella. How you doing, Brett? Brian Unsaker. Living the dream, my friend. Good. Living the dream. Good you know why I'm you. living the dream? Why is that? Because you're here, and the tall fella from up north is here. Spencer Nelson. That would be me. Good to be here with you, Brett. Thanks for the invitation. <laughs> Didn't you invite yourself? <laughs> 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 well played, B. Yes, he did. I did. I he did. did. He kind of pushed himself into this podcast, but we're, we, we're delighted you're here. We're happy to have you. Delighted yes, to be here. Yes. So let's, let's continue to educate the people out there, Brian and Spencer. And when I say that, it, it, it reminded me of a story that you told me the other day, Spencer, about real estate and stocks. Could you... Tell the people that story, and then we'll get into today's topic. Yeah, yeah, great, good experience talking with a couple people. And uh, I, I want to preface this by saying, I think owning great real estate can be a good investment. I think owning great companies can be a good investment. So I don't think it's either or. I think it can be and. But in this specific conversation, talking about an individual who had a majority of their net worth in real estate and uh, was having some liquidity events and trying to figure out what to do with it and and looking at the returns that he'd gotten but then also the returns that he was getting in uh, in his portfolio from investments he was just so heavily weighted to real estate and I was trying to understand why he wanted to go into a REIT and you know get a stable five percent or six percent and or just invested into great companies and really what it came down to as we talked is uh, when he and, – and I don't think he's unique. I think this is very broad-based for a lot of people. Yep. When he buys real estate, he feels like he owns something because there is something physical and tangible about that. And so – He can drive by and look at it. Yeah, he can drive by and look at it. But it really is ownership. When he buys a, a home – a investment property, a piece of land, he owns that and he feels that. And and he agreed with that. And then when he is buying stocks um, and we are not managing the portfolio that he is doing, he feels like, and, and this is what I said, and he agreed, he's putting poker chips on a table. On And I said, there's no difference between a company to you and red 47 or blue 30. In the sense, you feel like you're placing bets. And so the, the, the real estate is ownership of a physical asset. The stock or, or the company, he views it as, I'm just placing bets. And, and, and ultimately, I told him, he's got to shift his mind to understand investing successfully is not placing bets. It is ownership, just like in real estate, but is ownership of a company. So I love that that story because it, it's probably put in a in a way that the majority of people out there think the same way that this this fella did yeah and in in my history i've probably thought like that before 20 years ago or so when i bought my first piece of land or something when i was playing 15 years ago or something i can relate yeah. to that mindset but there has to be a mind shift so the education continues chairman Okay. The education continues because we're on a mission to change the behavior of people or to educate them to know exactly what stock ownership is. 
So tell me this, Brian. What what does it mean when we buy an allocation to a company in a portfolio? What does that mean? We own the business. I mean, we own the actual business. Like like you would own real estate. Just just like you own real estate. Just like the guy that owns owns a farm or the dairy farmer that owns a farm and owns um, acreage and and uh, crops and and dairy cattle, and uh, or the guy that owns the corner gas station, you know, the convenience store. It's you actually own that. I mean, it's you have legal, <laughs> you know, legally you own that 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 business. The difference is. Um, these are pub- you own a small piece of that business, and uh, and and you share ownership in that business with you know lit- probably thousands of other shareholders. Um, but it it's uh, most people don't see it that way. And and I honestly, Spencer, like you, when I first started in this industry, I don't think I saw it that way. Um, I, I've been uh, a big fan of, as you know, a big fan of Buffett for years, and I've heard him tell me tell us this all the time. You know, we don't. We don't follow the stock price. The stock price isn't important to us unless we're looking to buy it or looking to, to sell that business. And otherwise, you know, the stock price doesn't really have any meaning to us or we don't really pay attention to it. But unfortunately, people, you know, get their, you know, that whether or not they're right or wrong on an investment or a business they own, it, they get their um, feedback from the stock price and whether or not that was a good or bad decision. On it. Daily basis. On a daily basis, yeah. Which you don't really get that in real estate, Spencer. I don't, you know. <laughs> no, in, in, in this day and age when real estate prices have gone up, people, some people look at Zillow every day to try to figure it out. But I, I use the example of, have you ever seen the sports book down in Vegas? And I, I have some buddies that, that uh, like to bet on basketball games or football games or something mm-hmm. like that. And I've watched them. And I really don't think there's much of a difference in a mindset. They, they have a team. They're looking at a game. They like that team. They put their money on that team, and then they watch the game. And at the end of the game, they either won, and they're super happy, or they're like, oh, I lost. I got to go. I'll, I'll go pick another team and, and, and do another game. And I think that that mindset really is what this person had towards stock is, hey, there's a short period of time I'm looking at. I'm going to place a bet on this company. And then like Brian said, these people view success as the daily movements in the price. And obviously price does matter, but it's the daily movements of the price. It's almost like the person that bet the, bet on the game and is getting super crazy emotional after the first two minutes of the game, you know, and the scores four to two, their team's losing and they're like, oh, I got to get out type of thing when you're not even letting the whole game play out. And for us, the nice part is the game is years. When we're talking about owning businesses, we want to be owning them for years. So with these people that are, are, are viewing success, like gambling on a sports game, um, in such a short period of time, and they're dictating their su- success by price, I think it's really important for Brian to articulate what do you kind of – gauge success or gauge kind of a good inclination that you made a good in this sense bet but really a good investment yeah i'll I'll say that it's it's taken years for me to to be able to develop or understand (laughs) understand this concept i think when i first got in this industry and and uh i i looked at the stock price and whether or not that was my feedback whether or not i was i made a good decision Uh, 
or not. And uh, often it was over a, sh- a short period of time, and you know maybe the first year. I, I wasn't, and I was never, you know, trading in and out of stocks. But I remember uh, early on thinking, you know, I just can't wait to sell the stock, get rid of it. I don't want to think about it. I, I don't uh, because it was just a big negative. You know, every time I looked at it, and uh, over the years, I've, I've, uh, I guess there's been a mind shift and uh, how I. You know how I analyze whether or not we're having success in that particular business, and that's really looking at the operations of the business, not the stock price, but the operations of the business and how the business is operating. Is it doing well? Are they are they continuing to create value for the shareholders? And uh, so, some of the things you you know I look at to to determine that would be the profits of the company, the earnings of the company, is the company growing revenues? Those are you know some other indicators that determine whether or not you're you're uh having success or the business is doing well um so those are the two two biggest things i look at um but uh it's it's not the stock price and that's something that people sort of sort of have to have a mind shift and understand that you know if just because when you own a piece of real estate you're not getting that daily feedback whether on the stock price or if you own a dairy farm you're not getting that daily feedback on the on the value of your farm but you can, as if, as if you own a dairy farm, I'm sure that dairy farmers look, you know, look back at his records and financial statements and say, okay, you know, if 10 years ago I was, you know, had this much in revenue and, and this year I have this much in revenue and this much in profits and he can kind of get gauge whether or not he's having success. So in our portfolio, the businesses that we own for clients and that we buy for clients and that we buy for ourselves because we buy the same thing as we buy for clients. It's safe to say that all of those businesses within the portfolio were happy with the operations of those businesses. Yeah, I would agree with that. Even a certain Chinese stock, which I won't name the ticker, that's down 20, 25, 30%. More than that. More than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, I don't look. You're looking. Well, well yeah. I, I, I hear. I mean, I'm hearing clients. We're, we're, yeah. we're definitely looking and, and – no, we we don't like that, but at the same time, it's not placing bets. And that's once again coming back to kind of the theme of this this podcast is ownership. Why are you inclined why was this individual inclined to to put more money into real estate at really mediocre returns on this specific project yeah. he was looking at rather than owning great businesses and it was more emotional and temperament than it was actual financial and analysis. So on that note, Spencer, Nick Murray, who you guys know I love because he says it how it is, and he doesn't <laughs> he doesn't sugarcoat anything. That's why Brett likes him, because Brett says it how it is. Um, <laughs> he said this, the dominant factor of long-term financial outcomes is not investment performance. It's investor behavior. So it's the behavior that will ultimately dictate if you're successful or not as an investor. And, and that's why that mind shift has to take place in terms of owning great companies um, equal to owning great real estate. Once again, you own great real estate, great. That's awesome. Do it. That, uh, I would never tell you not to do that. But don't go invest in this situation don't go invest in a very mediocre project with very, very, very mediocre returns um, instead of owning great businesses just because you think you're placing bets or ownership. 
you have to shift your mind that you are an owner of that company. So what would you then say in that same, and I agree 100% with that, Spencer, in that same vein, Brian, a stock is down 30%. We're getting emails saying, how in the world could you own this? What would you say to those people that don't like that stock price, I should say? <laughs> what would you say to them? Well, or what have you said to them? I've told them, and I've you know we've talked about it. We think the opportunity is great in in that particular business because the price is low. Um, in fact, just before our podcast, I talked about this specific company oh, and yeah. and how oh, man. you know if things turn out like we think they will over the next ten years, three, five, ten years, we think that it could be a very very good investment investment. So. Yeah, it's it's not so much where it is today, but it's where is it going to be, you know, three years, five years, ten years from now. Uh, yesterday, I met with some some potential new clients, and they asked one of the questions they asked me is, now what's your tolerance for down, you know, downside risk? You know, when the stock, when if a stock goes down five or ten percent, you know, is it at some point where you you sell it because it's down? And I and I told them. Uh, well, no, it really depends on how the business is doing, the underlying fundamentals of that business. And if we still like the fundamentals of that business and think it has still has a very bright future looking out three, five, and 10 years from now, then we would be a buyer of, that, of those businesses. And I, and I referenced back in March of 2020 um, how we got on the phone and talked to all our clients and said, hey, you know, we, we – uh, we recommend not selling. And in fact, we recommend if you have money on the side, you know, somewhere on the side that you put that money to work because we feel like these are, this is a great opportunity. I think the phrase was giddy up. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So what we're talking about here, and this is something that the, the people that came in the other day and clients and anybody really, they're looking at investment performance. Like Nick Murray says, they're focused on that. A lot of people will ask me, what's your options return for this year so far? And I'll say, I have no idea. Because if I start looking at the performance and focusing on those those numbers, it ruins my process because I get emotional. So if you focus on the process, which we are, and you forget the investment performance, especially in the short term, you're going to be just fine. Yeah, and 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 the track record. Our fortunately, Brian, our track record at Iron Gate shows that. Focus on the process, and and every year, I think we have an idea generally of where we're at, but we don't know exactly performance returns. And at the end of the year, when we calculate all of those things and publish it in January, um, sometimes early February if we get delayed, um, <laughs> then then it's the then it's the pleasant surprise of hey. This, the process has continued to work, yep. but 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 you never chase returns, you never place bets. I was I was reminded of that today, Spencer. I emailed five or six clients just a portfolio update. Hey, here's here's where you are. Here's your returns, and I looked at the returns, and I you know nothing's guaranteed, and and past performance doesn't mean anything. But like, hey, the process is working. These are hey, these are good, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that going in. So to your point, you can't. The the key I think to this this whole discussion is you can't get your 
or judge your success based on the, the current stock price, what the stock price is doing. And that includes it if it's going up. Yeah, and that's a really good point, Brian. It's so funny in the short term how a new client will come in and we'll buy some stuff and it'll go up. And for a second, you want to catch yourself and say, hey, we're really good. Mm -hmm. But the next second, a new client will come in, we'll buy some stuff, it'll go down a little bit. And you think, oh, the short term, and it's hard to say this, but it just doesn't matter from the standpoint of that's no, nowhere near where our focus is. It's got to be on years 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 because that's how wealth is going to be gained if we focus on two percent in a very short term i mean we'll be tripping over you know dollars to pick up nickels or whatever that phrase is i mean if you know that at uh say 10 years from now that you know a stock that we owned was going to be worth a certain amount you know a certain amount you know significantly higher than it what is today but in the meantime over the next 10 years it's going to it's going to have several 30% plus declines, maybe even a 50% decline along the way. But you knew at the end of that, but you didn't know when it was going to happen, but you knew at the end of that 10 years, it was going to be worth significantly more than what it is today. Um, you know, how would that change your behavior? Because that's the way I think about it. That's a fascinating question, Brian, and, and comment, because if you had a DeLorean, right, and Doc Brown gave you the keys to the car, and you put the banana and everything in the back, whatever that ran on, and Back to the Future too. You know what yep. I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> look Biofuels. <laughs> Biofuels. If you got in that car and you went back 10 years and you said, I'm going to buy Apple 10 years ago, you would be able to withstand the volatility in Apple, in Amazon, in anything because you know what's going to happen in the future. We don't have that. What you said is based on conservative numbers. We believe a stock is going to go from, you know, from point A to point B and be substantially higher. Can you withstand the volatility? And it's a completely different thing because it's unknown. But it's how you build wealth. Right. Yeah. If, if, you, if you buy a great business that is growing and increasing intrinsic, intrinsic value over time. Um, there is a one, usually, I mean, historically, there's about a one-to-one -one correlation with stock profits and stock prices over a long period of time. Over a short period of time, they don't even, they don't even no. follow each other. But over a long period of time, there's a pretty strong correlation between how the, you know, if the business is operating well and growing, the stock price will follow, but over the short period of time, it, it, it's anybody's guess. Fundamentals will catch up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, so let's wrap this up by going to where we were at the very beginning. Spencer, somebody comes to you and says, I'm going to get 4% from a real estate investment. I like it because I own something. Right? How do you transition? And this is a question for both of you. How do you transition the thought process of, hey, I've got to own dirt to, no, owning a stock is the exact same thing. You own a business. How do you transition one's thought process? Or does it take time? So when I, I think I had a mind shift when somebody told me, and I have no idea who it was. but Probably what, Warren Buffett. Could, it probably was. But whether the stock price goes down or up or whatever, you still own that business. And if you like the prospects, the future prospects of that business over the next – 
three, five, and ten years, it doesn't really matter what the stock price does, you know, today or tomorrow. Um, what matters is over the next three, you know, three years, five years, whatever your time horizon is. Hopefully, it's a longer time horizon. So, is it a matter of one owning stocks? for a number of years and finding success with those investments? Is that how the mind shift changes for people? I, I actually think that's a part of it, but I think it is a conscious realization that they own something. Because even then, I mean, this guy manages a portfolio, like he trades his own stocks and he makes money. But he still is viewing it as just placing poker chips on bets. You know, I mean, that's how he views it. So it has to be a conscious shift in perspective to say, I think you first of all need to know what you own, that meaning you have to know what the business is. And then you have to say, I really like that business. I want to own it. And that, and that maybe is a part of it is there's a little bit of work that goes into it. In, in understanding what you actually do own, it's a lot easier to just look on Robinhood or TD or whatever and see something that's green and buy it. Just like it's a lot easier to go sit at the sports book, see the Jazz are playing the Hornets and say, ah, Jazz are better than the Hornets. I'll, I'll, pick, I'll, I'll pick them. So it, I think there's a little more work to be able to have that mind shift. And if people aren't willing to do the work, then they probably just keep placing bets. Or find somebody to do the work for them. Oh, 100%. Do, do work for them, for sure. For me, it was, I own 100 shares of Apple, and earnings come out, and they made $5 earnings per share. That I made how much money on my investment in that company, right? 500 bucks. It's yeah. that mindset of... Hey, I just made five hundred bucks owning this business. That's that's where the shift occurred for me. One thing about the stock market is it gets irrational from time to time, and which price, is its greatest which, advantage. Which is an advantage if, if you're a patient and uh, kind of a steady investor, and re- and you can recognize that there is this is an opportunity and unfortunately most people don't recognize it last march people didn't recognize it was an opportunity they looked at it as wow i'm i'm staring at the abyss i'm looking over the cliff because and of ready. investor behavior yeah it's the dominant factor of long-term financial outcomes but recognizing that that's an opportunity i think is a skill yep. and, and just something that i think you have to learn unfortunately we are cnbc the financial news in general is all about in, getting in and out of the market, trading in and out of the market. You know, is it time, everybody, any, almost every, every interview on CNBC is, um, they're interviewing somebody on, you know, where the market's going to end up in the year. Is it time to lighten up in financials or, or, you know, add more to technology stocks? And that's the whole discussion. And that's the <laughs> wrong discussion. One of my favorite personalities on CNBC is the guy that, Says, I don't have a clue where the market's going. I don't care. But here's what I'm buying because they're great businesses. And those people aren't on very often. But that's what you got to do. All right, my friends. So whether it's real estate, whether it be a good company that you buy, you've got to understand what you're buying and what the long-term prospects are for potential growth within that business or that piece of land. And if it makes sense, buy it and relax.
<laughs> With that, my friends, thanks for listening. Bye now. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.